Before he can make it off the tractor, he looks up, and this is what he sees in his own words. Suddenly, an object rose out of the swamp. When I glanced at it, it was already 30 feet above the ground and at about treetop level. It was a large, gray, saucer-shaped object, convex on the top and bottom, and measured some 25 feet across and 9 feet high. While I watched, it rose another 30 feet, spinning very fast. Then it made a shallow dive and took off with tremendous speed. Climbing at an angle of 45 degrees, it disappeared within seconds in a southwesterly direction. He added, I saw no portholes or antennas, and there was no sign of life either in or about the ship. Wow. We invite you to join us on our hunt for all things spooky. We're here for the tricks and the treats. I'm Elise. And I'm Haley. And this is Easy Easy Bake Bake Coven. Hello. Hi, gorgeous. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. We made it here today. (laughs) We made it here. Somehow, some way, we are here in, well, I was going to say one piece, but there's two of us, so two pieces. We are both (laughs) here in one piece each (laughs) <laughs> and two pieces overall due to not being conjoined twins. <laughs> I but like how much more be. popular would our podcast be if we were there, right? Two spooky bitches who are literally joined at the hip. If we were conjoined <laughs> twins, I feel like we should uh, like explore surgical options to make it yes. so. Because that would be a great gimmick. <laughs> no Let's offense to people bring, who are literally back the circus freak shows we should just do you know body modification and just tour around the country because that went really well the last time that was a trend. yeah it did didn't it <laughs> <sighs> made a lot of money how's, how's alaskan life um it's like trying to decide it's like you know those days when it's cloudy but the sun is trying to come out but it's like dark clouds oh, but then there's like light coming like through too Oh, wow. Oh, it's like it's we like, are together. Synchronicity. Oh, mm. We're looking it. out at the very same sky. <laughs> Remember that Five Goes West movie where he sings to the moon? Yes. How does that song go? Somewhere and he's like, somewhere out there <laughs> beneath the clear blue sky. I had to sing that in choir as a teenager. Oh, my God. I loved that movie. A little cheesy. This has like never happened that I've said, have you seen that movie? Of course, it's like a cartoon movie about a mouse. And you've seen it. <laughs> I was allowed to see those when I was a kid. Yeah. The cartoons about mice. Those were fine. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> um, so the podcasting as of late, we sort of like go in these like cyclical sort of ways mm-hmm. where like things will be light and fun and then it'll get like heavy and dark. dark. So I feel like we, bears like, tearing people yeah, apart. Like, brutal murder, <laughs> like mass suicide. Mm-hmm. We got mm-hmm. a little dark for a minute <laughs> yeah. there. So I was like, okay, it has to be something fun, easygoing, chill. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton about it. So like tangents we're gonna go on them you know (laughs) you know i love me a tangent (laughs) and today you have the freedom and the space to be able to follow that inclination that you have great um i I always do (laughs) even when they're two (laughs) hours long when do we ever stop ourselves (laughs) restraint not on this podcast (laughs) not here um so you know there's been all of this like ufo news lately like there's a lot of headlines yeah like this could be a big time for us as ufologists Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i decided that today we would talk about crop circles (gasps) oh yes so fun oh my god i like um i I didn't know a ton about them i don't either i have a tangent already (laughs) yes tell it um, so as everyone knows, who's been listening, I lived in Skyway for a while mm-hmm. and a friend of mine is now the mayor, Andrew. He wasn't the Love mayor it. at the time this story happened, but he and a bunch of people went out into this area called the Dye Flats, which is just mm-hmm. like what it sounds like. It's like this beautiful grassy area right on the ocean. Is that where you saw and the grizzly that came running up the hill? Yes. Yep. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know who else he did it with or how many people were doing it, but they decided to make crop circles out there <gasps> cool. and it was like this whole thing and people really believed like aliens had come yep. and I think... I think I think they did for a while they did like a spooky seminar where they'd like talk about Bigfoot and aliens like people would come yes. from all over to like talk and so people believed that these were crop circles until Andrew oh. was like yeah no we, we made <laughs> I <this>. did that <laughs> um turns out that's sort of the theme of a lot of crop circles <sighs> what a bummer yeah but fear not I'm still gonna bring spookiness and mystery you do always do to this hour ish time that we're going to spend <laughs> together I love it Okay, a few sources 
a blog called The Crappie. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Australian Geographic, a report written by this guy named Bill Chalker, a blog called Old Crop Circles, an article from Laboratory News UK. <laughs> Wikipedia came in handy. Mm, and there were some things in Wikipedia that were like cited from like books or reports that I could no longer access. So mm-hmm. there's a bunch of stuff that I can't. I can't cite, so sorry. That's fine. Trust me that I didn't we pull don't this care. out of my ass. <laughs> I mean, I think if you'd pulled it out of your ass, you'd be like, it's all true. This None is of it's true. a lie. This is true. <laughs> I am a, I don't want to say skeptical inquirer because fuck Joe Nickel, but I am. Uh, it's been so long since we talked about Joe oh, Nickel. fear oh not. <laughs> he has come back to haunt us. <laughs> of course, he always as does. As he often does. <laughs> Okay, if you are, I was going to say a lame nerd and you don't know what a crop circle is, if you're new to this world and you don't know what a crop circle is, basically they're called crop circles, crop formations, corn circles sometimes, and they're terms used to describe a pattern deliberately made in a crop, usually a cereal or a grain. It's almost Mm. always a grain crop. Um, Crop circle purists would also qualify that the crop has been flattened and not cut. So it's not like a corn mm-hmm. maze where they just like clear the crop, mm-hmm. but it's like as though something ginormous came down from the sky <gasps> and landed gently atop it. Bending all the stalks exactly. at the same height. Exactly. Yep. You know, um, I learned a lot researching this episode, which oh. there's always room to learn. There's a lot there of room is. to learn here. Um, <laughs> cereologists is the name given to those who study crop circles, like cereal, really? because they're like grains and cereals, I guess. But I'm like, uh, that's a really yes. lame name. <laughs> oh, I love it because I like eating breakfast cereal, cereal so much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yesterday we were at the store and I saw this bag of Lucky Charms marshmallows, and I <gasps> almost sent you a picture. Well, that's what I thought at first, but it was like regular marshmallows in the size uh, or in the shape and color mm-hmm. of the cereal. No, no but I almost no. sent you a picture because I was like, look, 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 look. This <gasps> is for you. But it's funny because I can't remember if I showed you. There's like. A recipe that I found for a Lucky Charms cake and I found it during COVID and I was like one day when the pandemic ends I'm gonna bake this cake (laughs) you like crush up the marshmallow you like crush up oh no you crush up like the cereal pieces into Mm -hmm. like a powder or something and like put it in between the layers or something and then you stick marshmallows to the whole outside oh god um and Why then, would you want to wait till the pandemic end? That well, like I was like, this is going to be such treat. a good celebration oh, when the pandemic mm. is over. Mm-hmm. But then when we're I lucky kind again. Of feel like it never ended. It just slowly mm-hmm. fizzled. There was never like I kind of <laughs> yeah. thought like in 2020, like, thought, done. There's going to be like a day where they're like, and the last <laughs> vaccine has been given, and <laughs> yeah, everything is all open, healthy, and everything is fine. And obviously, it didn't really happen. Did not, that no, way. I don't know why I thought mm-hmm. that. So I still haven't made the Lucky Charms cake. Well, there's always time. When I do, I will consider myself a serologist at that point. <laughs> an expert. In, actually, I already consider myself an expert in Lucky mm-hmm. Charms, TBH. Yeah. Okay. So I also learned that crop circles are like widely discounted as a hoax. Like in general, mm-hmm. it's like, it's been debunked. Crop circles are not real. Really? They're all man-made. Yeah. Which I was like, um, have we Excuse no space me? for mystery in our lives? Yeah, come people? on. Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel like it's open and shut, like done. Really? I myself am not so certain that we can just well, discount like, this entirely. No, and where, I mean, they have to land somewhere mm-hmm. and they have to crush something unless they're landing in just dirt patches. Better grain than children. Yeah, a field of children. <laughs> oh, late flat. Huh, thank God it's grain. Making it dark again. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Mubby. Um, I also didn't realize that a lot of crop circle history is British. It's like predominantly a British thing. Did you know that? I had no idea. Yeah. No. Yeah, like Why is that? There. Well, we'll kind of get into it. Hmm. But I, when I told that to my dad, he was like, yeah. I was what? like, oh. But I guess I didn't live through the 80s, which is like when the craze was like at its oh, peak. So. Mm-hmm. Because we're so young. I'm so youthful. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, one of Russell's teachers was talking to him and like he was talking about his mom. And, and he said, well, how old do you think your mom is, Russ? And he said, she's 26. I was like, oh, hell an angel. yeah, big buddy. <laughs> Not correcting him But either. then I also <laughs> asked him after like I found that out, I was like, hell yes, 26. Thank I'll you, buddy. It. And I was like, how old do you think Grampy is? And Russ was like, I think he's 20. I was like, oh, okay. Uh. It's less of a compliment <laughs> given this context. So now. yeah, if you think that Grampy's younger than mommy. <laughs> Yikes. I was like, that's not how that works. Uh, no. Okay. So where did crop circles begin? What is the history of these 
mysterious formations. <laughs> there are some people who point to this woodcut pamphlet. So I think it's like before we had like a printing press or like the ability to like mass produce books, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, like line of cuts. Is that, yeah. Is that how you say it? So like people would like cut so. out of wood and then like make like a stamp. So there's mm-hmm. like a woodcut pamphlet from 1678. Oh, shit. I don't think that it points to crop circles, but it's kind of cool. So I think people kind of like to bring it into the folklore. But basically, the pamphlet tells of a farmer in Hertfordshire, I think is how you say it, in England, who refused to pay the the price demanded by... (laughs) What? You said in the England. (laughs) In in England. (laughs) Um, So this farmer refuses to pay the price demanded by a laborer to mow his field. And he said, I would rather the devil mow it instead. (gasps) Metal. According, right? I love it. According to the pamphlet, that night his field to appear, his <gasps> field appeared to be in flame. What? And the next morning, the field was found to be perfectly mowed. That no mortal man was able to do the like. That's amazing. So, like, the illustration is super metal and very cool because there's like a little like drawing of like the devil and like the f- like flaming field or whatever. <laughs> um, but I don't think it has anything to do with crop circles. I think it's like. I don't know, like a fable. Some weird, like, yeah. Yeah, like pay people or the devil will come to your field. Or it's just like a fun spooky You said it was story. like the 16 somethings, right? 16? Yeah, 1678. Okay, which is like the height of like the witch craze. And yeah, like so, I think it was just like a fun little something. Yeah, yeah. But the, the picture is really cool. I'll post it on our Instagram. Can't wait. Um, and also in the story, the stalks are cut. His field is cut. I'm like, um, oh. it's not bent. So that's Mm-mm. not really a crop circle. The, the alien spaceship doesn't have blades on the bottom. That's just like yeah. <laughs> cutting like a all your giant mower. <laughs> yeah. No, it would be awesome. And also in general, I don't think alien <laughs> spaceships are driven by the devil. I'm, I mean, that we I'm know open of. to it. Yeah, actually, I'm. <laughs> I take that back. They could be. The devil's like, what do I know? let's go to all the <laughs> planets. <laughs> Maybe slightly more convincing. In 1880, someone wrote a letter to the editor of um, like a science magazine called Nature. Um, and it was an amateur scientist named John Rand Cap. Capron, Capron, C-A-P-R-O-N. And he described how several circles of flattened crops in a field were formed under suspicious circumstances. He thought maybe they were formed by cyclonic wind action. Oh, so he said to watch as viewed from a distance, circular spots. They all presented much the same character, a few standing stalks as a center, some prostrate stalks with their heads arranged pretty evenly in a direction, forming a circle around the center and outside there, a circular wall of stalks, which had not suffered. So basically he's describing a crop circle. Yeah, totally. Like they're flattened in a circular pattern and then outside the rest of the stalks are not damaged. But he thought maybe uh, like a cyclone kind of wind had, had caused it. Jeez. Interesting. Very low and uh, specific cyclone. Right, right. Yeah. Um, This is like a Wikipedia one that I couldn't find anything else about. But in 1932, apparently an archaeologist named E.C. Kerwin observed four dark rings in a field at Stoughton Down near Chichester. Chichester? I don't know. Fucking somewhere Mm, in England. A place. Yeah. But could examine only one. I don't know why he would observe four and could only examine one. But he said, a circle in which the barley was lodged or beaten down while the interior area was very slightly mounded up. So also a crop circle. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Sort of historical, maybe crop circle sightings. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we're going to jump forward to August of 1963. Mm. And Patrick Moore, a British author, had been dispatched with a BBC film crew to Manor Farm at Charlton in Wiltshire, which is like a very, very popular place for crop circles to be seen. And they found a, a big crater in a potato field. Military personnel were on the site and they found no evidence of an explosion, prompting Moore to speculate that a meteoric fall was to blame for the crater Mm. and the ground markings. And he sent a letter to the New Scientist magazine. And this is an excerpt from his letter. In the adjoining wheat fields were wheat fields were other features taking the form of circular or elliptical areas in which the wheat had been flattened. I saw these myself. They had not much been visited and were certainly peculiar. 
One very well defined was an oval, 15 yards long by four and a half broad. There was evidence of spiral flattening, and in one case, there was a circular area in the center in which the wheat had not been flattened. In no case was there any evidence of an actual depression in the ground. So Hmm. also, like, very clearly crop circles. Yeah. And that was in the early 60s. So Hmm. intriguing. Yes. This is my favorite crop circle story that I found. It's like the OG and one that we're going to talk about a bunch. And this happened a few years later in Australia. Oh. So at about 9 a.m. on a foggy morning, January 19, 1966, an Australian banana farmer near Mm -mm. a town called Tully in Queensland. His name was George Pedley, and he's out driving his tractor past this lagoon. He was a young bachelor. I think I read somewhere that he was like 26 or 28 and he lived like with another farmer, but it was like a gal in her 60s. Like he lodged there Mm -hmm. and he had his Mm -hmm. like farm, I guess. Uh, He was like a quiet, well-respected dude. He was known to be a hard worker and he's driving along in his tractor and he hears this noise and he's like, oh shit, there must be a hole in my tire because it was kind of like a piercing hissing noise, he said. And it was so loud that he could hear it over the sound of the engine, which if you think this is like the late sixties, a tractor Mm -hmm. has been, I mean, the tractor today is really loud. Yeah. So it's like so loud that he hears it over his engine and before he can make it off the tractor, he looks up and this is what he sees in his own words. Suddenly, an object rose out of the swamp. When I glanced at it, it was already 30 feet above the ground and at about treetop level. It was a large, gray, saucer-shaped object, convex on the top and bottom, and measured some 25 feet across and 9 feet high. While I watched, it rose another 30 feet, spinning very fast. Then it made a shallow dive and took off with tremendous speed. Climbing (sighs) at an angle of 45 degrees, it disappeared within seconds in a southwesterly direction. He added, I saw no portholes or antennas, and there was no sign of life either in or about the ship. Wow. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And this is like the beginning of UFO sightings and stuff like that, too. Wow. So, yeah. So he's like on this farm, sees this giant saucer take off. Then he says it vanished in a puff of blue vapor. Cool. And he ran, like, he gets off the tractor and runs over to look off and, like, investigate from where it took off. And that's when he said he discovered the infamous Tully Nest is what they named this crop circle. I don't like the sound of that. I know. Isn't that funny? Nest. So, like, usually when people see UFOs, there's, like, no tangible evidence left over. But according to George and other eyewitnesses, this aircraft had left a nest-like mark nine meters in diameter in the lagoon's floating reeds. So there was, like, reeds and, like, tall grass, like, floating up in the lagoon, you know, like, it was, like, a grassy Mm -hmm. lagoon. And so this depression was, like, basically made of all the reeds in the lagoon. So there's, like, some discrepancy about what the, like, what the nest actually looked like and, like, exactly how it appeared. But I found this report by this Australian guy named Bill Chalker made in 1997. And he is, like, our kind of dude. His email address is on it, it, actually. I'm like, if you're still alive, I'm going to email you and, like, maybe become best friends. Uh, Yeah, have him on the podcast. (sighs) Right? I'm like, oh, my God, could we interview him? He did a lot of research. He analyzed all the files. He looked at government records. Then he actually like tracked down the people decades later and interviewed them. So I'm going to refer to his report a lot because I feel like if there's any resource or like source that we trust, it's probably this dude because I don't think that he would get it wrong. And he would even like note when there was discrepancy between what he found and like what old newspapers said or whatever. Yeah. Love him. Mm-hmm. So he put together the most likely scenario of exactly what happened. George ran to the lagoon and at the spot beneath where the object had risen was this huge round cleared area in the swamp grass. So the all the reeds in that section of the lagoon were gone. Wow. And the water in the cir- in the circular area was slowly rotating and appeared to be like completely clear of reeds. So there's like a little ooh like the water spinning around a That's little creepy. bit. That's creepy important note that he had passed the same spot three hours earlier like he was 12 feet away from the lagoon and nothing was unusual so the the spaceship just landed for like a little break like a little little snack break little just scout now fuel up Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Hmm. so he ran back to his tractor which he found that he had to restart and he had not turned it off he jumped off and like left the tractor running so i thought this was kind of interesting because you know um like sometimes we see that when there's UFO activity, like engine mm-hmm. stop, like car stall, 
I've seen it in the X-Files countless times. So it's gotta be true. <laughs> but um, like, you know, some people think that UFO activity can interfere with our technology yeah. or like, you know, so his tractor totally. like stalled essentially and he had to restart it. For whatever reason, he like didn't go tell people right away. I don't know if he was like processing or if he was like in shock um, or if he was like, well, I'm a farmer and I need to like, you know, do my daily tasks because I'm like, I have to, got to like yeah, water true. the shit or like feed it's the not gonna water itself yeah exactly so that like the original sighting was at 9 a.m at noon he returned along the track in the same area and he stopped to inspect it again just like to see and the cleared area of the lagoon surface where all the reeds had been gone it wasn't visible anymore and now there was this floating mass of reeds approximately 30 feet in diameter that had come to the surface during the time that he'd been gone so the last few hours oh wow and it said the floating mass of reeds and grass was noticeably distributed in a radial pattern in a clear clockwise manner there's wow. photos so i'll obviously share photos of it but yeah so like it was like as though it had all been cleared and like pushed down and then all the reeds like rose up and sat on the surface of the water. Weird. Oh, I just Googled it. It's huge. It's gigantic. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's cool looking, right? Yeah, totally. Cool. And I can like kind of see why they called it a nest because this is before yeah. we had the Ugh. word crop circle. Right. You're right. Yeah. What else would you call it? I still don't like the word though. It no, I agree so because gross. it makes me think of like a creepy creature. Yeah. And I, I don't, don't want to like think it. of that. No, no I just you. want to think of aliens landing yes. their spaceship in and then the leaving field. again and not sleeping yeah. in it with their babies. Yeah, no, <laughs> laying eggs. <laughs> he said that apparently the reeds were fused together in some places, and some people think that would be like the heat of the oh. engine. Creepy. Hmm. Um, so this lagoon where it happened, Horseshoe Lagoon, was actually his neighbor's land and was part of a sugarcane farm. So oh. he was like passing through. I don't know. It's like neighboring land to where he mm -hmm. he farmed. And the neighbor was named Albert Penissi, P-E-N-N-I-S-I. -N -N -I. I don't want to say penisy. Hmm. <laughs> so we're going to say penisy. <laughs> um, well, didn't you say it was a banana farmer? It's fitting. It's right. Is Albert is a sugar farmer. <laughs> Penissi is a sugar farmer and George <laughs> Pedley is a banana farmer. Mm -hmm. So when he goes back and sees this like tangled circular whatever, he's like, I got to go tell Albert. Like this is his land. So mm -hmm. he goes and gets Albert and he goes and gets a friend and he brings him back to the spot. And apparently they're both like astounded. Neither WTF. of them had ever seen anything like this before. And they were both, it says experienced Bushmen, experienced mm. farmers. Like they knew Penisy is an experienced bushman. Penisy knew his way around the bush. <laughs> is what is what the God, sources tell us. God, it's so good. <laughs> the shit writes itself. It does. It's so good. Um, <sighs> apparently, he said that he knew this lagoon and the circular effect like this was totally like outside of anything he'd ever seen before. Just Unprecedented. Like, never, yes. Mm. Unprecedented is the word they use in the report. Oh, <gasps> my God. I swear I've never read it. <laughs> Were you going to cover this next week? No. <laughs> Penissi and Pedley waded out to the floating mass and found that it was possible to swim from either side underneath it. So, Ew, like, That sounds creepy, too. I know. Like, why would you do that? The lagoon floor beneath it was smooth. Like, it had been cleared. Wow. Weird. They said that the part that they were most like struck by was this feature of the floating reed bed, which seemed to be a clear print or impression from the craft that had landed. So like the way that the reed was formed was as though it had been like pressed down in some parts and not in other parts. So like you could see sort of the indentation of like mm. the shape of the craft in the reeds. Um, mm. which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. So Panissi rushes to his house and comes back with a camera and, and he takes photos and some of those Thank are the God. photos that we saw, right? Yeah. So they keep investigating and like looking around and trying to figure out like what the fuck is this? And they found other things that I think are interesting. Um, like six feet north of the quote unquote nest, there was a rectangular patch of swamp grass, five feet by six feet that had been clipped at water level and pulled out completely. Hmm. Weird. There was a woman who, like, whose husband worked with Pedley. And I think, like, I'm imagining that, like, as this is happening, like, people are, like, coming and, you know, he goes yeah, to get his camera and he, like, sees a neighbor. He's mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, you have to come check this out. So this woman whose husband, like, kind of worked on the farm as well, named Christine Roundland, um, she came across these ground markings. Her last name is Roundland. 
Roundland, R-O-U-N. Right? Yeah, like Roundland. Crop circle. Roundland. Oh my God. They knew. They were like, <laughs> they knew. we need to they were land a part of this. right by this lady. Mm-hmm. She gets it. <gasps> Spooky. <laughs> so she found these like markings on the ground in like loosely plowed soil in between the banana palms, in between Pedley's banana trees mm. that led from the direction of the lagoon area and kind of went into the plowed field and they were shaped like teardrops. So Ooh, they were pointed on one end and round on the other and they were like three to four inches in length and two inches across. So they were tiny hmm. and they were spaced out in like one foot intervals and they were in a straight line. So like there was feet? Like, there was like, like maybe. So there was like, you know, however many feet of like these little teardrop shapes Maybe the aliens the have teardrop-shaped feet. Maybe they walked out of the lagoon to get a banana and then came back. <laughs> they were hungry. You know what's yeah, weird? Yeah, I told you. Stop it's for like a snack. A whole bunch of these sightings happened right at, like around sugarcane farms. And I'm like, <sighs> aliens have After our own hearts. Right? I get they it. They can't just stop at 7-Eleven for some Maynard's fuzzy peaches. <sighs> no. They have to go get bananas by the sugarcane field. <gasps> Maybe that's why they're trying to make hybrids with... with human eggs and sperm because then they could get (laughs) access to candy more easily oh my god genius i mean i would just give it to them like come to my house they don't have to take my babies they can just yeah you you don't have to harvest my eggs (laughs) please let me keep them i will give you all the fuzzy peaches you want all of them i go to canada regularly i could i could keep them well stocked you could just like beam up the candies yes you could stop for a visit yeah it would be really cool (sighs) As long as they didn't harvest anything from you. The cool factor would go way down. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'll just (laughs) give you candy. Like that um, SNL skit where, um, God, what's her name? What's the gal's name? Not the worst Wednesday night. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love her so much. She's like, they're flapping up my boobs. And (laughs) (laughs) all of the euphemisms that she uses for her. Oh, my God. It's It's just so she's perfect. If you guys haven't seen it, you oh need to go watch the SNL and Ryan skit Gosling. with, of course, Ryan Gosling. Oh. Yes, Kate McKinnon. And, and everyone Eddie is breaking Bryant. except for her. She's oh, so good. So good. That's God, like I wish I could remember the things that she says because it's just so fucking funny. It's, oh, it's so funny. It's really good. Okay, we'll post a link to that on our Instagram yes. when this yes. episode comes out. Because mm-hmm. we're keeping things light and fun this week. Yes. Even though I made a joke about a UFO <laughs> crushing children. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't literal. No. I just said I hope that didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so someone at a later date, it's unclear how much later, checked underwater in the lagoon and found what appeared to be three large holes in the muddy floor of the lagoon. <gasps> Whether yes. these were there at the time of the sighting couldn't be confirmed, but some people suggested that they were tripod landing indentations. Oh, like landing. That's gear. awesome. Oh, that's so oh my cool. God, I love that. I know. It's just like, oh, it's delicious. It's perfect. It's amazing. Pedley also said that he smelled a sulfur smell in the area just after the UFO left. Which, I don't know, I guess makes sense. Yeah, gross. Okay, another weird thing is that by the afternoon, about eight hours after the initial sighting, all the reeds had turned brown. Like all the floating Mm. reed nest had turned brown. But the men replicated this like a number of weeks or months later because they were doing their own experiments to try and figure out what happened and when they did the same thing and pulled up reeds from the bottom of the lagoon and like let them float it took three days for them to turn brown interesting so this sort of tracks with the theory that there was like some heat or something like applied Mm -hmm. to them Mm -hmm. there were additional nests found in the following days Really? So another two nests were found on January 20th by a local farmer named Tom Warren and a school teacher named Hank Penning. And they were only 25 yards from the original nest. So it's like the ship had gone like, ding, like landing, ding. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It had a bad engine. They had yes. to stop for repairs. They were, yeah, they were having mechanical <laughs> issues. They were only a few feet apart and about a third of the diameter of the original. So they were smaller. Which is weird. Oh, that is weird. Maybe they had a fleet of ships. Oh, love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they report sightings in the sky, aren't there normally many ships? Many so. lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's really weird is that the reeds were flattened in the same way. One was clockwise and the other was counterclockwise. So mm. like, that's kind of strange that 
I don't know how maybe like it one landed coming in like <laughs> the other one came in <laughs> yeah so like they're spinning differently or something like that yeah. a week after the original find a cane farmer named Lou Lardy and his nephew discovered two other nests both apparently much older than the Pedley one so mm. like that had been there for a long time and no one had noticed them one was 12 feet in diameter and the other was 8 feet and they both had distinct signs of burning in a circular patch of reeds in the center hmm spooky super spooky a few days later another identical new nest with apparent scorch center was also found and the last three nests all had their reeds flattened in a counterclockwise fashion so it's hmm. different than the original so this is a lot of nests a lot bill chalker the guy who wrote this report points out that like it's interesting that they found these other ones but it's less compelling because in the days following the original discovery, there was like a media circus. So oh, copycats, copycats are not ruled out. Yeah. That's a bummer. He said that like hoaxing is certainly possible. He didn't think it was possible for the original one because there mm-hmm. wasn't really anything to hoax. Like there wasn't really like a right. thing to copy. But um, and also none of the other ones were reported alongside any like reported ufo activity like none of the other oh. ones were seen with a flying saucer flying away from right. them pretty mm-hmm. big detail also i just well i guess if the, so all the copycat ones were done in similar fields wet marshy fields uh-huh yeah like all the subsequent ones were found in like the same kind of area i was gonna say it's hard for me to imagine that it's faked because how do you, how do, you do that do that in water like wh- what machinery yeah. do you use how do you do that to like but spin I guess them f- all up into a big yeah. formation that just sounds like a lot of work a lot for of work. what reward like what are you gonna get from it coverage yeah. and then yeah that's and it? then what? Like what you're not gonna get rid yeah. this is the 60s you're not yeah. gonna become an influencer no. and start getting Ugh. sponsored by charmin toilet paper <laughs> <laughs> come see my ufos and watch me wipe my butt <laughs> <laughs> whenever i like feel any like tinge of envy or like oh i wish i could do nothing and make money i remember <laughs> um fuck what's her mm. name she was on the bachelorette fuck what is her name like i can't remember but she's really cute oh she's mm-hmm. with the rogers not aaron rod no is she she's married to a football player i think okay anyway she was like really, really cute and like very beautiful and she has beautiful long hair and you know, I'm like, oh, she's so cute and she's, she's like, got it all. maybe her name is Joelle, like Jojo, Joelle something. Jojo sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. I do remember a Jojo. So I think that's her. Anyway, she is like an influencer now and she's just like always looks beautiful and happy and, and she's like got a handsome <laughs> husband. Foot- I think he's a football got player. And I'm like, wow, like you have it all. And then they did like a sponsored post by Charmin where they were like, oh this God. is the only toilet paper that we would ever use. And they're like, whoa, that's not me right back to reality. No, this is not a life that anyone should so live. So many of them do that. Like the lamest sponsorships because they will literally do anything. Because it's like, oh, it's 20 grand or whatever. Literally sure. walking billboards. Like, that's yes. who you are now. You are. You a have billboard. no identity. You have to say no. yes to the Charmin sponsorship yep. so you, you can afford the filler that you have to put marketing. in your face. Yeah. Ugh. So it's like a good reminder for me whenever yeah. I think about like if I feel like envy towards someone on the internet, I'm like, Charmin no. sponsorships are not worth it. Charmin sponsorships are not worth it. <laughs> My face will not be the face of toilet paper. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. And so for these people in Australia, it's not like they had that. Like we're not, we're, right. we're not going to become influencers we're not gonna become famous you know mm-hmm. like i don't know what what the motivation would be like you said to co- to fake this right. so this co- obviously caused like a media circus in their little australian town people were like so curious you know news reporters coming from all over even in all the fanfare and even people who didn't believe that there was anything like paranormal didn't believe in the ufo angle they had nothing bad to say about george they were like no he's oh. a nice hard-working guy so i think that's interesting there was no yeah. like character you know and i can't i just i don't know i can't imagine a hard-working farmer being like mm, this seems like a good time to make up a story right? stop my farming mm-hmm. like it just seems... interrupt my life yeah for what and i mean from what i think of farmers they're like just pretty you know salt to the earth yeah america's exactly. backbone or australia's or backbone. australia's backbone <laughs> <laughs> he said to journalists had anyone asked me five days ago if i believed in flying saucers i'd have laughed and thought they were nuts but now i know better 
Nice. Compelling. Very. Mm-hmm. One Love George. super crazy sort of surprising thing that came out in the coming days, Pedley did an interview with the Sun Herald, and he said that Panissi believed him straight away and told him that he'd been dreaming for a week that a flying saucer was going to land on his property. What? Yeah. Isn't that weird? That's bizarre. And he told uh, Pedley that about 5.50 a.m. on Wednesday, the morning of the discovery of the original nest, his dogs had suddenly gone totally crazy and bounded off towards the lagoon. Oh. Isn't that crazy? So then Panissi was interviewed by the city newspaper, The Sun, on January 24th, and this is his quote. I'd get them almost every night, and they were beginning to worry me. I couldn't understand them. It was always the same. This thing like a giant dish would come out of nowhere and land nearby, and I would watch it in my dream and get real afraid before it went away. Then on Wednesday morning, about five o'clock, my dog suddenly seemed to go out of its mind. It was howling like a mad thing, and it raced off towards the lagoon. Oh, my God. Isn't that weird? I love stories when dreams are like premonitions. Yes. But yeah. then I also hate them because I wonder, like, what was my dream last night? A premonition? Oh, like, a I dreamt point. I dropped the baby last night. <gasps> and of course, I never want that to happen. Did you really? Yeah. I mean, I didn't in real oh, life, but in the dream I did, it was horrible. horrible. Dream. Yeah. Horrible. Well, I feel like in that, in that instance, you're able to say, like, oh, this is a manifestation of my anxiety. What I'm really yes, worried about you. is taking good care of my baby. And so, yes. like, the worries come up in my dreams. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, yeah, I guess you're not normally having anxiety about ufos coming and landing so that's or you like a are random thing. oh yeah maybe you're smart <laughs> but you probably are. in a, a, an australian sugarcane farmer in 1966 is probably not, not having a lot of yeah ufo not. anxieties yeah you're probably right mm-hmm. so i feel like it's probably real i think so <laughs> so then in bill chalker's report he talks about how more than a decade later something incredibly similar happened again in the same area this time at a mm. nearby area called murray upper isn't that a weird name it is they have lots of weird names i thought maybe like upper murray murray mm. upper murray whatever upper. that's what it's called i don't know mm. so this is a direct quote from bill chalker's report a young woman was woken up by her father apparently because he thought the house was on fire there was a oh, huge God. orange glow outside they tried to wake up other family members without success like couldn't wake them. Are they? Oh no! Right, fear started to overcome them, and they ran down the hallway of the house away from the light. Their next recollection was that they both woke up in the next morning, extremely puzzled by what seemed to be a bizarre shared dream. Over oh. breakfast, they heard radio reports of UFO sightings. They then realized their memories were not dreams. A circular area of flattened sugar cane was found near the house. I subsequently oh spoke with the young woman. While she only confirmed these events in a vague sort of way, she did have a history that many would consider to be a classic UFO abductee. I even spoke to her father, but he did not confirm the experience and was not keen to elaborate further. I was not able to confirm the validity of the affair. Wow. Weird, right? That's super. Have you ever had a shared dream with someone? No. Have you? Me neither. No, but it's like a, it's a dream of mine. (laughs) It's a dream of mine too. Oh my we God, do have a shared happen. dream. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so creepy? Shrek. Yeah, that's really creepy. Especially like the not being able to wake other people up. Like, so they kind of put them under a spell. Yeah, like they're under a spell and it didn't work or something and like that. Yeah, like why were these two people allowed to just walk about, mill about? And then all of a sudden they, they just wake up the next morning and they're like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-mm. I mean, it's, it's pretty like, classic abductee behavior. It is. I mean, I love those stories where people are driving on the highway and it's like two o'clock and then the next second they look at the clock oh. and it's two thirty and it's oh like my God. what I forgot to tell you, I lost fifteen minutes of time the other day. Stop it. But you know what's weird? Like I was around people, no. so it's not like I disappeared, but like my brain fully lost fifteen tell minutes me everything. of time. Okay, so I was getting ready for the um auction for Russ's yes. Forest preschool and Maria came over to help me because like she works in like communication. So I was like, oh, help cool. me write these ridiculous captions like to really sell the stuff you know yeah and use like very flowery sort of good words you know yeah fancy language to like really sell the experience so i was like photographing um matt matt has like a light box for his miniatures oh yeah oh i've like taken photos of desserts before so i was like photographing some stuff in there and i was cooking dinner can't remember what i was making but i put 15 minutes on the oven timer and then i like go back to it and then i like I swear to God, two minutes later, it's beeping. And I'm like, oh, I fucked up the alarm. Right, I, must have said like, it I wrong. fucked yeah. up the timer. And Matt was like, well, how long did you intend it to be? I was like, oh, it's supposed to be 15 minutes. And he was like, it's been 15 minutes. 
And I looked at Maria yeah. and I was like, because you know, he's kind of clueless yeah, and like, aloof. Right. so I was like, okay. <laughs> he's so I looked at Maria and I was like, that was like two minutes, right? And she's like, no, that's been 15 minutes. And I was like, wait, what? Like, there's no what? way. So then I went to look at some, like an email that I had sent. And it oh, was to, like, like, check the timestamp. Yeah. Cause <gasps> I was like, no, I just sent that email like a minute ago. Like I just sent that. And I looked and it was like 17 minutes prior or something. And I was like, like okay, what well, just I, happened? Like what I, is going on? Because I swear 15 minutes just passed right. like that. And everybody else around me is acting like I'm crazy. And they were like, oh, you're like, you have too much on your mind. And I was like, no, but like, actually, like, this feels really, really strange. I've never had this experience before. Like, That's I swear bizarre. to God, it wasn't 15 minutes. It was really weird. So what does your psychology brain tell you happened? You can't I mean, it. my rational brain is like, I was doing 15 things at once and like running around and time just seemed to yeah, pass but it's like, really it's quickly. It's not the first time you've been doing 15 things at once. I'm usually doing stressed. 15 yeah. things at once. Right. So my like cool spooky brain is like mm, my favorite part of your brain thank you mine too um <laughs> like something sinister is at work here i um read this thing in twitter in this paranormal subreddit or not twitter geez reddit on this paranormal mm-hmm. subreddit that's normally like a bunch of bullshit and this is probably some bullshit too it's fun but though. this woman said yeah totally fun this woman said that she had um driven her husband they're both truck drivers and so she'd like dropped her husband off like six and a half hours away at his Mm -hmm. stop and then she'd come back home and you know so she's exhausted Mm -hmm. and she's in the bathroom and she sees her husband like (gasps) in the the bathroom and he like smiles at her and she's like what the fuck and so she like calls her husband and he's like what no i'm i'm at my stop you just dropped me off and so she's like what the fuck was that what is that and then this person in the comments was like oh this happened to me once i put my baby to bed i'd like spent all this time putting my baby to bed and then I, which we're we understand the anger it. of this yeah. she walks past the room and she sees her husband sitting in the rocking chair next to the baby like talking to it and she's like what the fuck are you doing like i just put the baby down and so he like tells her just go he says just go so she goes downstairs and texts him like what the fuck are you doing i just put him down yeah and he's like what are you talking about i'm in my bedroom like watching a movie what? and so she goes upstairs and he's in the room <gasps> and there's no one in the baby's room and oh, i was just like my God. full body that. chills right now <laughs> yeah. That's so terrifying. I hear those things and I'm like, okay, what? I know it's probably that you're exhausted and your brain is just playing tricks on you. But also, I've been exhausted for the last three months and I've never like hallucinated. No. Yeah, like witnessed Ben with doing something that he wasn't yeah. doing. So I don't know how to explain it. That's so weird and terrifying. I love those yes, and awesome. I saw one once about someone who um, they heard their baby wake up at night and so uh-huh. they look on the monitor. And oh, no. they see someone holding their baby and rocking <gasps> their baby. No, no, And then no, they no, look no, next no. to them and they're, and it's a man and his wife is still laying in bed. So he goes running like, what the fuck? Oh, Someone's my in my baby's room, runs in. His baby is laying in bed. Oh my God. No one's there. So then they figure out that their next door neighbor has <gasps> the same baby monitor. So oh, the frequencies got switched. So they were seeing their next door neighbor <gasps> holding her baby on their baby monitor. Oh, this, the crazy? chills are still running down my legs. <laughs> I would freak the fuck out. I would absolutely lose it. I, oh my God. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so crazy. Mm. Love anyway, that tangent. Lost time. Yeah. So, mm. um, yeah, so who knows if that happened again, it, but th- there is a report that that happened again 10 years later. Hmm. Because there was so much UFO activity and like crop circle activity in the area at the time, there's like a whole bunch. Organizations started springing up, kind of like MUFON. You know, the Mutual UFO Network is like, I don't want to say like self-appointed, but kind of like people who are investigators, but it's like oh, civilian. Like us. Yeah, exactly. But like, but like they take it like move on is like serious. I've thought about doing it for fun, but it's like a few hundred dollars. You get like oh. a badge and you have like training and then you are like oh, meant sick. to be available so that if there is some kind of an extraterrestrial event, like they will call on the local move on investigators to go like take statements and like gather evidence at the scene. I'm like, it's Fuck a little yeah. like uh, sketchy that they make you pay to be a part of it. Like mm-hmm. remember Barbazon mm-hmm. models where it was like, come be, be a model, pay yes. us to do it. A thousand dollars will make you famous if i'm coming out to help you catalog this crop circle shouldn't it be shouldn't you you be paying paying me me? yeah i mean like you get a t-shirt you get like a badge i'm pretty sure so (laughs) legit. (laughs) it's like many hours of training that you're supposed to do wow i know it kind of sounds fun but um so like those sorts of organizations like started 
like popping up in Australia. And also the Center for UFO Studies, which was founded by infamous UFO researcher J. Allen Hynek. Have you heard that name before? If you like read enough about UFOs, he will pop up at some point. Um, But he took interest in what was going on in Australia, which I think is kind of cool. And Mm. so they had a report in CUFOS. I don't know if they have like, if if you say that acronym, but the Center for UFO Studies. I know I'm like, is it CUFOS or something like that? I don't know. Anyway, they had a report from that area in the early 70s in the South Johnstone area. So at about 10 p.m. on November 5th, 1971, there were two men working, two locomotive men of the South Johnston Cooperative Sugar Milling Association. So another like sugar cane farm situation. They were in this area when the traffic control officer tried to contact them by radio, but all that they could hear was jumbled and incoherent voices on the other mm. end. So believing uh, that there was classic like... classic alien thing, right? right? Yeah, like the radios aren't working and mm-hmm. it's all like jumbled. So like they thought like some kind of... Exactly. They thought some kind of accident had occur- occurred or something like that. So they sent out a rescue party and one of the groups observed a dazzling and powerful light in the area where burnt cane <sighs> scarred by great heat was found. Wow. And when they reached the driver and the like the two workers that they couldn't find, they found them stupefied with one man repeatedly pointing to the sky. Both were taken to the hospital. And then I read somewhere else that they were both like placed in a coma or like sedated for two weeks because they were in such shock that they were like unable to like function. That's legit. Fun. I mean not for them. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Great for us. Great content. For us. Like very like crazy. That's and all in that same crazy. area, all around all the sugar canes. I wonder, okay, if I'm Aliens like putting my, sweet tooth. my devil's advocate hat cap on, like, is sugar cane easier to break, easier to bend? Is that is why? flammable? So yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. So apparently there's also a lot of Aboriginal folklore in that area that suggested similar occurrences from <gasps> earlier times. Oh, I love that. Yeah, which is really cool. There is no tangible sort of recorded evidence but i think a lot of that is an oral tradition so like stories are passed on orally like many cultures around the world yeah so we wouldn't necessarily have like a written record of that but there is a woman who lives in that area and said that there have been many aboriginal stories from the like that area the tully gorge the murray river and the mountain areas around tully for like many generations which i think is so cool that makes me always believe it more i'm like oh these stories yeah Predate they Western predate, civilization? Yeah, yes. Totally. Mm-hmm. Believe um, it. And there was even a story in September of 1959, so this is before the Tully Nest, mm. that this guy was driving, Max Menzel was driving a tractor when he spotted a brilliant large conical craft approximately 30 feet long, which seemed to be hovering over the top of sugarcane just 100 feet away. Wow. So cool. Love it. Yeah. And like the, it goes on and on. Like There's so many stories like that from that area. So I kind of love that. I had no idea that the UK and Australia were right. such hubs for alien activity. Right. So activity surged for months in the wake of this experience. And there was just like a lot of UFO sightings. This is maybe my favorite part of the story. And I only read it in one report, but I'm choosing to believe it 100% because it's so fun. <laughs> Love it. So apparently the nest activity continued in that area and... In 1968, culminated in a remote UFO detector and a linked camera at Horseshoe Lagoon being triggered and running off footage. So, like, they had set up some kind of a camera that was supposed to, I don't know if there was, like, you know, like a booby trap or something like that. But, like, mm -hmm. if there was activity there when there was no one there, the camera would set off and it would start filming. So, or, like, taking pictures, I think. Yeah. I I think. Anyway. So... They like gather the undeveloped footage and they send it off to Kodak because I guess this is back in the day you had to send your film off to Kodak to be developed. The package was returned with a note from Kodak saying that the container contained no film when it arrived in Melbourne. (gasps) Despite like they even showed the amount that they paid for postage was consistent with a full container, like the weight of it. So someone like stopped it. And someone intercepted out. it and took the film out. And investigators, quote unquote investigators, I don't know if that's mm. police or otherwise, yeah. even like contacted a local member of parliament to try to get to the bottom oh of the God. missing film, but it was never found. 
Like, what's Parliament going to say? Like, oh, right. yes, we okay. know who stole your little package. They're the fucking ones who stole it. Yeah. Government wants to keep secrets from us. Oh Isn't that God. so cool? It's super cool. I love Which, that. to me, like, makes it more believable. If there's someone yes. who doesn't want us to know the truth, that means the truth They're is worth steal knowing. steal all the things. Yep. Mm, yep. That's a great quote. That's a, that's, a, that's a sticker. That's a tramp stamp. That's a tramp stamp. Yeah. <laughs> done actually when i was looking at like some crop circle photos i was like oh fuck yeah i should get a crop circle tattoo these are like super cool oh you should and like the ones that are like the big smaller smaller smallest yep yeah that'd be a really cool cool. Mm -hmm. um those are the ones that make me feel like how are these man-made like because they're so symmetrical they go down in size exactly i mean my brain is not mathematical so i don't know how you do that but it's really it's impressive if it's aliens and it's impressive if it's humans Mm -hmm. because i do not understand how you make that happen totally apparently nest activity continued at horseshoe lagoon in 1969 72 75 81 and 87 and by 1990 albert penn Penisi said that there had been 22 nests at his lagoon since 1966. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if Mm -hmm. it makes it more or less believable to me that it's ooky spooky. That there's so many. That there's so many of them. But like, wouldn't he be like monitoring his lagoon for randos coming in with equipment to like cut shit Yeah, you would think. If someone else was doing the hoax. People on their land. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. In 1967, these like circles were found in a field outside of Canmore, Alberta, in mm. Canada. I've been there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I drove, drove through it um, uh, when I moved to Alaska. Do Hamel? Do Hamel? I think is the name of like the little town. And mm. what is weird is that they're like not that compelling looking. Like the photos of the of the shapes, they mm-hmm. look kind of like horseshoe shaped. Like they're not full circles, mm-hmm. but they're not like super indented. Like the grass wasn't that tall. So it's, I don't know. And it's not as big. It just doesn't look mm-hmm. as cool to me. But what I found really interesting is that the military showed up. <gasps> so like when what? the guy reported it to whoever, um, I think I saved a quote from a newspaper article. The what's it circles on the Chielk farm. I don't know how to say their last name near <laughs> Duhamel are still a mystery, but continue to draw attention during the past weekend. They have been invest inspected by army personnel who also flew in a physicist from Suffield experimental station. Wow. So, like, they like took it really seriously. Legit, yeah. So I'm kind of like, why does, why, right. Why the do they care? care? Why are they flying in a physicist? Especially cause like Canmore is like, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like rural Canada in the late mm-hmm. 60s. Weird. Why do they care? I'm going to gloss over the next piece because it's not fun and it's boring, but it kind of ruins everything <laughs> more or less. Oh. Basically, the long and short of it is that there was this huge influx of crop circles in the UK in the late 70s to early 90s, like a ton in like really concentrated areas. And people were like baffled, going crazy, so Do-do-do. into it. And what happened was in 1991, a pair of friends named Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley came forward and said that they'd been making them the whole time. Fuck you, Dave, and whatever the other guy's name was. So they, for like 13 years, they had been pranking. They had tied a rope to a wooden board. And then they had this like system that I didn't really understand where one of them wore a baseball cap and had like a wire like to center so that like the wire oh, so he'd like, like no yeah so they would go. know like where to go so that it would be like straight i still don't understand how they were able to make like no. symmetrical well-formed crop circles but the shitty thing is that it kind of discounts all crop circles yeah. when they took responsibility for more than 200 crop circles between Jeez. 1978 to 1991 but there were a thousand others documented in the area at the time that they did not take responsibility for how one how did they have so much time on their hands two do you not have any family or wives or children that are like accountable for your whereabouts so apparently the reason that they finally came forward is because one of their wives threatened a divorce because he kept leaving in the night and there was a ton of having miles on the car and she thought he was having an affair so they were like this no like, i'm the just a, up. we have just to come a total clean. dork doing crop circles crazy? oh my god yeah <gasps> me up. wow so basically as much as I want to talk about every crop circle story that I could possibly find, people don't really want to listen to me sweatily ranting for seven hours. And if they you know, do, do, they should just take me on a date, honestly. <laughs> Matt <laughs> but, won't like, mind. I know that's not what this podcast is for. <laughs> so we will get into the what are these things? What is it? Tell In me. general, government entities and like the official, the man 
the mm. institutions Fuck like to blame weather. They say what? that they're water spouts, that they're a cyclonic wind, that they're freak tornadoes. Excuse me. Willy Willies. Have you heard of a Willy Willy before? No, but I've also never heard of a tornado right. that makes right. spherical indentations in perfect mathematical exactly. formation. Exactly. Um, they they even blame ball lightning. That fucking pesky oh, ball lightning, God. which just shows up everywhere. Of course. Mm. Animal activity is another thing that they blame. Okay. So stupid. Okay. Apparently, like, wallabies and other animals have been found to, like, roam around in, in like, crops and flatten the cr- plants. But I'm like, not in a fucking no. deliberate, beautiful, <laughs> They're, like, walking pattern. in circles over and over exactly. and then hopping to another place Thank and you. making another circle. No. Bullshit. Um, there's a small number of scientists that found differences between the crops inside the circles and the crops outside of them. So, mm. like, would lead some people to say that these are not man-made. There is a biophysicist named William Levengood, and he published papers in a journal in the mid to late 90s that he said he found certain deformities in the grain inside the circles that was correlated to the position of the grain inside the circle. So like more mm. concentrated deformities in the center, whatever. Here's where this dumbass motherfucker Joe Nickel comes in. God, I've been waiting. He objects and says that correlation is not causation. And he says that, quote, until his work is independently replicated by qualified scientists doing double blind studies and otherwise following stringent scientific protocols, there seems no need to take seriously the many dubious claims that Levengood makes. Oh my God, Joe, you're such a party pooper. I hate you. Like, can you, you imagine him at a party? Well, no. he probably doesn't get invited because he's so miserable. Probably not. No, just to conferences, no parties. Yeah, just sad <laughs> nerd conferences. And not like fun nerds like No, us. not fun nerds, no. Lame nerds who want to spoil fun. Mm-hmm. And scientists at the BLT Research Group, which I'm like, <gasps> do you know what that stands for? <laughs> Why? Sounds delicious. Found that in crop circles, the nodes of the crops are enlarged or even exploded and at a rate that is more concentrated in the center than the outskirts of the circle. Hmm. Kind of fun. Interesting. People talk about electromagnetic energy in ion plasma vortexes. God, that's over my head. I know. See germination effects. I don't know. They look at all these things, but it's not peer reviewed really usually. Mm -hmm. So some people sort of question their methods. Okay, some people think that crop circles have to do with ley lines. You know, have you ever heard of ley lines before? No, what's that? It's like, they're like alignments between various historic structures and like landmarks. And people think that there's like different like energies at certain ley lines. So like Stonehenge goes through a ley line that also goes through something else. And like you can trace lines between some of the pyramids on different continents, even though like those people were obviously not in communication with one another when the things were built. So some people think that there's like, and it's true that some crop circles happen closer to like ley lines, Hmm. which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, and some people think that ley lines are like uh, guides for aliens, like landing strips or stuff like that. That seems legit. Right. Some people think that the circles are created by aliens, such as myself. I love that theory. It's like, as in, so I believe that the circles are created by aliens, not that myself, I am an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Creating crop circles. Uh, mic drop right Whoa, now. The Haley big is not human. <laughs> I'm ready to come clean about my Didn't story. Didn't even see it coming. <laughs> I personally... Okay, so this is what I think. I'll just get okay, into it. Okay, tell us. I think that there are some that are made by humans, and mm-hmm. I think that there are some that are made by other forces which i think is aliens because i do think like definitely a lot of them are hoaxes now i guess people do them for like art and like are very open about the fact that like they're human created Mm. but i don't think that humans can account for every single one of them and i this is something that i have no problem believing for fun even if there's not a lot of evidence like i agree yes i think crop circles could 100 percent be you know, created by aliens landing or like making maps or like doing something that we don't even understand the purpose of. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? I am exactly in alignment with your ley line. (sighs) There's a ley line between my heart and your heart. And ours. (laughs) Yeah. I think um, some of them are just too hard for me to believe that people did that. And I just, I guess I want to believe that people didn't do all of them. So that's, that's where I'm at is that I hope that aliens have done some of them and I believe humans probably have found a way to do some of them. And I just think that anything's possible, y'all. Hell yeah. That's where my brain is at. 
To date, approximately 10,000 crop circles have been reported internationally Dang. all over the world. Wow. All over the world. Pretty cool. Super cool. I was going to talk about geoglyphs because I think they kind of like are connected, but I'll save that for another day. <laughs> Keep us on our toes. <sighs> Just wait. Just you wait. There's more information coming from this old noggin. Oh, wow. That was fascinating. Thank you. I feel like I'm still in the same position I was. I'm still willing to believe that aliens have done them. Okay, cool. Me too. Yeah. Like, yeah. not all of them. And some people are spoilers and they hoax people and it ruins it for everyone else. Yeah. And some people are just have no imagination and can't mm -mm. use their brains for fun, creative purposes. No, no. Lame. They should not listen to the show. <laughs> no, they wouldn't enjoy our podcast. They aren't welcome here. This is a bunch of horseshit and I love it. <laughs> Um, so speaking of a bunch of horse shit, oh, um, what? I have a little different kind of missing, I, I'm, I'm changing up the missing woman okay. today, mm -hmm. um, cause we're going to instead talk about five missing men that are now in the Titanic right oh, now. I, I was like, I wonder if we need to talk about this cause it's happening <laughs> well, it's, right now. It's going to be gone. It's going to be over. They're going to be either found or dead by the time, or dead by the time this podcast yes, comes out. Yes. So I was like, you know what? We need to just talk about them for yeah. our missing women segment That's because so funny. I thought about the same thing. Oh my God. I've been obsessing over it because the I feel like the the irony that a boat called the Titan that was said to be super safe and yep. know it's safe yep. is now suffering the same fate as the boat that they went to go see. It's so stupid. And when, have you watched the so videos? Stupid. I'm sure you have. Of like, like this is the little joystick video controller that yes. we use. I'm like, no, don't do that. These Excuse are the lights me? I got from Camping World. Don't oh do that. Oh my god. Also, they have to be bolted from the outside. There's literally that. no way to get like, out unless someone safe? removes the bolt. It's not. It is literally the size of a minivan they all it's sit so there in this dumb. little tin no can shoes. there's only one window on Pee the front in a bucket. Poop like for in a bucket. and they also were told to not eat much before going so that you don't have to shit with only a, a curtain to divide you from the other people so, so they're literally smelling, smelling each right other's now. shit and starving <sighs> and but, knowing that their air is about to run out yes but so i was doing stupid. some reddit reading last night and a lot of people think that it just imploded, that the hull yeah. was weakened from all the dives that had done previously. Mm -hmm. Like, Because it's not fucking safe. No. It's not regulated. Like 30 signatures from other people who are in this world who were like, this should yep. not be happening. Yep. This is very dangerous. Yep. And this fucking billionaire is like, nah, it's good. I'm, I want to do it. <sighs> just like there are so many statements made by this happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just so fucking dumb and i think that the worst thing and i learned this thanks to reddit is that the world is in an uproar over these five missing billionaires but and like all a these, week ago all these migrants. 500 people yeah. died on that I boat on the outside of greece I and know. it's like not big news like, no, wh like, why are what? we not dispatching all of this military right. resource to rescue the innocent refugees that were looking for a better life yeah and making like the ultimate risk sacrifice yeah risk. like for their children and for their livelihoods yeah. and mm -hmm. instead we're spending all this resource Resources. and money to find these rich fuckers who did something stupid that they they knew play stupid, stupid games win stupid prizes you exactly. know exactly i mean from what i've read you know it goes under the water and then they have to communicate with the vessel up above to guide yeah, like them to where the mechanic is yeah like they don't even know how and then if there's no gps or no radar because so it's underwater stupid. And then I thought uh, there's never been a rescue done at that depth before. No, because people I mean, aren't supposed to go that low. It took me a while to realize like, oh, it's pitch black down there. Like, obviously, yeah. I know that, but I hadn't yeah. thought of it. So they can't just go looking for it because it's pitch black. Like where you have to shine. So crazy. You'd have to shine your light on the exact spot to, to catch it. And, and then like, the, and how are they even going to enjoy seeing the Titanic through this tiny little tiny window? Hole. So dumb. Exactly. Just like, to say you did. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, exactly it's just to say you is. did. Yeah. Oh man. I just, I agree. I'm, I, the Titanic has always fascinated me. Me too. Just, like I, I would love to see it. And I also yes. know that's a dumb thing to do. So it's I never would. Dumb. Unless it dumb. became much more safe and affordable. But then I started looking up like, um, you know, Titanic pictures, even yep. though I've seen like all of them. I just, I'm obsessed I, with it. It's I just fascinating. It. Yeah. It's yep. so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, my but parents imagine. took me to the exhibit when I was a kid. <gasps> it's you could like so touch amazing. a piece of it. I just remember Did, being so haunted. I was probably like nine or ten by the mm -hmm. shoes and my like the oh, kids' yeah. shoes. It was just such a weird thing to see. The thing that stuck with me was, you know, they give you a name tag at the beginning. Oh, yeah. And then at the end you see if you yep. lived or died. Yep. And that made such an impression on totally. me. Totally. Like, <gasps> 
all these people people who didn't make it. Yeah, most people died. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I found an article where James Cameron basically tried to prove or disprove the door theory because people are so pissed about Jack being able to make it. And he was like, yeah, he could have, they could have both been on the board, but you know, if I were to remake the movie, I would have made the board smaller so there'd be no question. That's hilarious. <laughs> you asshole. Oh my God. Remember when you and um, Ben were Rose in the door? Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> well, I'll yes. post that on our Instagram too. <laughs> yes, you should. A little bonus content. <laughs> Such a good Halloween I remember costume. people being like, what are you? I'm like, think about it. Think. Famous Just movie. look for yes. one minute. I'm frozen. Use your brain. And they'd be like, he oh is my a door. God. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that was really fun. Do you have <sighs> a good thing? Actually, yes, I've been wanting to talk to you about this all week, but I haven't because oh I've been saving it. Tell um, me. So, you know how you had peps for Russ? Yep. Well, when we moved here, I was really sad because I was like, that sounds like the best yeah, the best thing, the best program, mm-hmm. and I wish we had something like that here. And then on Facebook, I saw these people from Anchorage like uh, talking about this new group they were starting that was – and I, I commented saying like, that sounds a lot like my friend's group, peps in Washington. And she said, actually, we're like uh, following the peps model oh my God. and we're trying to like – bring peps here we can't call it peps because that's the washington group but we're following it and so i went to my first one last week (gasps) and it's the first one ever in alaska and um was it it was so much fun yeah it was a lot of fun to have all the babies there and um you know just to commiserate with other moms who are all on the same stage and yeah, it was just really fun. Oh, I and love I was, that. Good for you. I was very excited. I felt like I manifested it. Yep. <laughs> for the whole oh, state. amazing. Yes. <laughs> well done, Alaska. Thank you. That's uh, awesome. What's your good thing? My good thing is that our forest school tuition assistance fundraiser has <gasps> so far raised over $3,500. Holy shit, that's amazing. Including a very fat and juicy donation from one of our listeners, Sarah. No. Thank you. <gasps> Yes. Oh, Sarah, that's so kind. Oh my gosh! No, I just looked. Now it's at thirty six hundred and twenty. Oh my god, it's rising by the minute. By the minute. Um, so I'm really excited because this is that's just amazing. like a, this is f- solely to make sure that kids who can't afford to go have a nature immersed um, education can now Experience. afford it. Yeah, and that's no one so gets great. turned away from forest school due to lack of funds. So yeah, I'm really excited. That's really so that's good. my good thing. Good job. When You're I saw Sarah's it. donation, which was very robust, I started crying. <laughs> and then people, you, there was like a bidding war because I donated a Dahlia subscription and there was uh-huh. like a bidding war on it. And I literally like I wept. That I was like, oh. oh my God, thank you. And now it's at $110. Oh my God. Look I at you. Look at you oh raising God, your shoulders these, up there and There are down. good people they in the world. They love me. They really love me. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really my good That's thing. wonderful. I'm proud of you. Thank you should be you. proud of you. Thanks. Good job. I am. I feel proud. I feel a yes. sense of achievement. You've helped a lot of children. That's amazing. <sighs> I'm and saving they, the children of the you're world. You're saving them from getting crushed by UFOs in fields. <laughs> if they're in the forest, there's too many trees and they won't that's get crushed true. there. Mm-hmm. Unless it's mega UFO. <sighs> in which case, we're all fucked. So we're that's what fucked. it is. <laughs> Um, like us on Instagram and Facebook mm. and follow the things that we say. We are Easy Bake Coven <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> wow, um, that's a really, I like that succinct. We are Easy Bake Coven Podcast. <laughs> Figure out the rest. <laughs> uh, like that's our, that's our handle, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the Easy Bake Pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to email us, Easy Bake Coven cool Podcast.com. Mm-hmm. Is that it? We're still waiting on those ghost stories from y'all. Send send us, us a, send us a little synopsis so we know yep. what to, what we're talking about. We'd Tell love us to hear your from spooky you. shit. Yeah, make and our jobs keep, easier. Keep sending us news stories. We love that shit. Yeah, we'll talk you. about it next week, and you'll hear all the spooky things going we'll on in the world. Shout outs. Yep. Um, well, that seems to be about it. it. Remember, yeah. my dear friends, to always keep it spooky and make it sweet. Happy, Happy hunting. hunting!